your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 670 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, going to continue and uh, perhaps finalize our off-season series here of best and worst case scenario. And basically, it's just what it sounds like. We're going through the Ranger roster here, position by position, little by little, and taking a look at every single player and determining uh, what can happen for them in a best case scenario, as well as a worst case scenario. We have completed the 12 forwards that I believe will be out there on opening night. We have also taken a look at the six defensemen that I believe will be out there on opening night. So for the time being, the only thing left to do is to take a look at the two goalies who I believe will dress on opening night. Of course, that would be Igor Shesterkin and Yaroslav Halak. And we'll see what happens. You know, maybe if a certain Ranger that I'm not thinking of ends up making the team, then maybe uh, we'll retroactively, you know, do a best and worst case scenario for that player. You know, maybe Jimmy Vesey is out there on opening night. Uh, maybe Brandon Offman or Will Cooley makes the team. If that turns out to be the case, then... You know, we'll we'll look at the the final roster and we'll at that time do a quick best and worst case scenario for those players. But for today, like I said, it's all about the goalies. Maybe we'll start with who else? Uh, the reigning Vesna winner. That would of course be Igor Shesterkin. Igor still just 26 years old, and he is now entering year two of a four-year deal worth a total of 22 million six hundred thousand. And seventy-seven dollars, you know, rounding up uh, around that point, seventy-seven thousand dollars. There we go. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Igor with this contract, he carries an annual cap hit of five point six seven million dollars. And then in years three and four of this contract, he has a modified no trade clause where he can block a trade to ten different teams. Which, you know, as I say that out loud, I'm realizing that might be the most pointless contract stipulation ever because the Rangers are not going to be trading this guy under any circumstances that I can possibly imagine. So uh, yeah, it's it's a great contract for the Rangers. And this is why you lock somebody up uh, early rather than late because, you know, last offseason, there were a lot of people talking about this where, you know, Igor gets the extension and, oh man, you know, this guy hasn't really played that much. He's inexperienced. Are the Rangers sure about this? I was all for it at the time. Lock somebody up too early rather than too late. Can you imagine how much more the Rangers would have to be paying this guy per season after the season that he just had? Like if they had waited until this offseason to try to extend him? I mean, I don't even want to think about that. He's an absolute steal at $5.67 million a pop. So I think it was a great job, even though he wasn't experienced. This guy has dominated everywhere he's been, including the NHL. And they've got him at an absolute steal, once again, of $5.67 million per season. Uh, he will then be a UFA at the end of the 2024-2025 season. As far as his stats from this past season are concerned, 53 games, a goals against average of a microscopic 2.07. Uh, we were even wondering if maybe he would finish with a goals against average of uh, under two didn't quite do it, but uh, still an incredible season. Obviously, he led the league in goals against average. He also led the league in save percentage at 935 
and he was third in the NHL with six shutouts. Uh, Jacob Markstrom had nine, Ilya Sorokin had seven, and then finally, a record for Igor Shesterkin of 36-13-4. So even if you want to lump the regulation losses together with the overtime losses, 36-17 and 17 still won two-thirds of his games. And for what it's worth, he also had one assist. And then in the playoffs, another 20 games for the Rangers, a 259 goals against average, a 929 save percentage, and a record of 10-9. and nine. And of course, he also won the Vesna and finished in third place in the race for the Hart Trophy, which, I mean, goalies don't typically win the Hart. I believe the last one was Carey Price, but it's not something that happens very often. The fact that he was even in the conversation, I think, speaks volumes about just how good he was this past season. Uh, we'll take a look first at worst-case scenarios, and again, another player where it's tough to come up with too much here as far as what could go wrong. I mean, here's one that's kind of, uh, you know, a bit of a catch-22 because, there could be a situation where, you know, Igor just continues to basically do what he does and he plays himself into eventually getting just an earth-shattering contract from the Rangers, as we already mentioned, an absolute steal at the figure that he's currently making, and he's definitely going to get a big raise on his next contract, but it might be completely out of control. You know, if these next three seasons, if, if Igor continues to play like he did this past year or anything close to it, uh, he's going to break the bank and probably set a new standard in terms of, uh, you know, contracts for NHL goalies. Uh, I think also in a worst case scenario, I know that I mentioned, you know, at the uh, onset of this whole thing, the best and worst case scenarios that I wouldn't talk about injuries too much, but with Igor Shesterkin, I just think he's so important to this team and he has had a couple of ailments, uh, you know, just a few years into his career here. So in a worst case scenario, an injury occurs. Again, I didn't want to talk about injuries too much in this whole exercise here because it's kind of common sense that an injury would be a worst case scenario. But with Igor, given that he has had a few injuries and just how important he is to this team, felt like we at least had to mention it here. I think also in a worst case scenario, maybe he gets just a little bit too pass happy. Now, for the most part, I tend to breathe pretty easily when Igor Shesterkin is handling the puck and, you know, looking to make a, a pass or whatever he might be trying to do at that time, looking to get the puck out of the zone because he is such a great puck handler and he knows what he's doing. Uh, but there were a couple times late last year where I thought he got himself into a little bit of trouble handling the puck. Uh, game seven against the Hurricanes definitely comes to mind. There was a little bit of miscommunication, uh, a giveaway of the puck, and it led to a goal for the Canes. Uh, fortunately, the Rangers were up by four goals when that happened. Um, but... I just don't think we want to see Eeyore getting too pass happy and getting too caught up in trying to make, you know, these rink-long passes to create offense. Now, look, it's a skill that he possesses, and when the time is right and there actually is some uh, room to make a pass up the ice, then by all means, go for it. I just don't want to see him, you know, kind of jump the shark when it comes to his passing, you know, trying to pass the puck through a sea of bodies uh, to a player that's not even really open. We don't need any of that. Like I said, it was difficult to find worst-case scenarios, but I think in a worst case, uh, you see him... Just try to do too much with the puck, which saying that out loud about a goalie just sounds strange in the first place, but tries to do a little bit too much with the puck. Maybe it leads to some turnovers and uh, some scoring opportunities for the opposition. And I think also in a worst case scenario, you know, we saw in the playoff series against the Penguins, this kind of became a thing with them. And I hadn't really heard it all that much prior to this series, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Games three, four, and six were all in Pittsburgh. And you had those mocking chants of Igor. I mean, you guys saw it. And, you know, Penguin fans, Igor obviously didn't have his best stuff in games three and four. Got yanked out of both those games. Just didn't have it. Didn't play well. Nobody on the Rangers played well. It's not like he had a lot of help. But, you know, Penguin fans are all claiming that 
oh, we're in his head, we're in his head. I don't think Penguin fans were in his head in the slightest. I think he just went through a rare, uh, you know, moment of not playing good hockey, you know, a rare stretch there where Igor just was not at, at the top of his game. And once again, he got no help either. But, you know, Igor's got the bigger contract now. He just won the Vesna. He plays for a prominent team in the New York Rangers. The more and more of a star you become, the more and more of a target you become for opposing fans. Not that Igor can't handle it, but I do get the feeling we're going to be hearing more of those Igor chants in places other than just Pittsburgh for this upcoming season. But so be it. Uh, it comes with the territory when you're the best goalie in the world. Everybody had to deal with it. Henrik Lundqvist had to deal with it. Martin Brodeur had to deal with it, uh, you know, from Ranger fans for sure, for Brodeur and uh, uh, Devils fans, excuse me, giving it to Henrik Lundqvist, just as examples. But yeah, again, it just comes with the territory when you're an elite goalie in this league. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it as far as worst case scenarios are concerned. In just a second, we're going to turn our attention to best case scenarios for Igor Shesterkin. And we will do that in just a minute. But first, just got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's Week 3 games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that includes YouTube, by the way. And now we will go ahead and turn our attention to best-case scenarios when it comes to Igor Shesterkin. I think in a best-case scenario, the first thing that pops into my mind, the first thing that I think of is he wins another Vesna. I mean, he got 29 of the 32 first-place votes this past season. Can we get an Igor Shesterkin Vesna dynasty? I think it's at least possible where he just goes on a crazy run here. And even if he's not winning, you know, three in a row, five in a row, seven in a row, maybe he goes on a stretch where, you know, of the next, I don't know, eight Vesnas, he wins like three or four of them. I mean, that would be a heck of a run in and of itself, whether you want to call that a dynasty or not. But Again, I see no reason why not. You can look at the stats. You can look at the eye test. You guys watch the Rangers. You guys watch Igor Shesterkin on a night in and night out basis. And you're certainly very well aware of the talent that he possesses and um, certainly the potential that he has to win more than just one Vesna. I, I would be stunned, honestly, if he went the rest of his career without winning at least one more. But we shall see. There's a lot of great goalies in the league. But certainly in the best case scenario, why not? Back-to-back Vesnas for Igor Shesterkin. I think also in the best case scenario, he wins not just another Vesna, but he also wins a Hart Trophy for the league MVP. And again, he came in third place for this this past season. And um, this one is a little bit of a catch-22 because on one hand, you know, it's very obvious how we would feel about this. It's like, oh man, you know, our goalie just won the Hart Trophy. You know, this is awesome. And it would be awesome. It would be a tremendous accomplishment for Igor Shesterkin. But by that same token, the Hart Trophy goes to the most valuable player in the league. And goalies don't usually win it, as I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago. And if Igor wins it, then it might suggest that he did so because he's saving the Rangers' butts on a night-in and night-out basis, which, again, great for him. But it would also suggest that maybe the Rangers aren't playing great defense in front of him. Maybe they're becoming a little bit too reliant on Igor Shesterkin. Like, 
oh, you know, we can mess up and it doesn't really matter because Igor will just bail us out anyway. I, I don't think the Rangers are typically like that. I don't think that's their mindset or anything like that. But it is a young team. And there were times this past year where I, I think the Rangers sort of fell into that trap at least a little bit, uh, the over-reliance on Igor Shesterkin. But, I mean, hey, if he wins a heart, that's awesome. I'm not going to complain about that too much. Uh, there's another one here that's, again, a little bit of a catch-22. I would say he leads the league in quote-unquote stolen wins. Uh, this kind of goes back to what I was just talking about as it pertains to the heart trophy. Um, but with this one, you know, stolen wins, it's, it's kind of a relative term. And I think he's good enough to do this on his own volition. I, I don't think that, you know, Igor Shosturkin leading the league in stolen wins would 100% guarantee that, you know, the Rangers aren't playing well and that he's just completely saving their butts because a stolen win is basically just a situation, for me at least, where the Rangers get outplayed. It doesn't have to be outplayed by a drastic margin, but a situation where they get outplayed at least a little bit by a small margin or wherever it might be, and Igor Shesterkin is the difference. You know, he's just, he's the ultimate X factor, which is what he was this past season. Uh, he could bail the Rangers out of some games when they didn't necessarily play it all that well. And I think that uh, there could be a couple of games this season where that fits the description as well, as far as how a game unfolds. You know, the Rangers, not to say that they're a no-show or, you know, that they play terrible hockey or anything like that, but they're not the better team on the ice, and yet Igor Shesterkin makes sure that they win anyway. So I, I think that's at least possible. We'll see. Again, you don't want to completely over-rely on your goalie, but uh, Igor's so good, man, I mean, he's going to steal some wins. You got 82 games, he's going to steal a couple wins uh, at some point in there, and he could lead the league in that stat as well. I think also, in a best-case scenario, Igor Shesterkin goes undefeated in shootouts, uh, the Rangers in shootouts this past year were 4-3 and three as a team. Uh, that's good, but I think it can be better when you consider the fact that the Rangers have Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, who are absolutely deadly when it comes to shootouts. So that's obviously to the uh, Rangers' benefit. And, you know, there's other guys that can go on the ice as the third shooter, the fourth shooter, the fifth shooter, if it goes multiple rounds or multiple extra rounds. Um, and of course, you know, Igor Shesterkin is in net and he's just an excellent goalie and he's very, very good at breakaways as well. So I don't know, you know, this one might be a little bit unrealistic. It's hard to know for sure because, you know, I say that the Rangers can go undefeated in shootouts or Igor Shesterkin specifically can go undefeated in shootouts. We don't know how many shootouts they're going to take place for the Rangers this upcoming season. Uh, undefeated in shootouts could mean 2-0. and It could mean 10-0. and So uh, we're not really sure, but it's something that would be pretty wild to see. But I'm also not going to say it's impossible in absolute best-case scenario, Igor Shesterkin going undefeated in shootouts for this upcoming season. I think also, best-case scenario for Igor, he leads the NHL in highlight reel saves. Now, there's not really uh, a perfect way to quantify this one, um, but he leads the NHL in those saves. You guys know what I'm talking about. The ones that show up, top 10 plays of the week, top 10 plays of the month, top 10 plays of the season, whatever it might be, the kind of saves that, you know, your jaw hits the ground and you're just in amazement, uh, gets a big reaction from the Madison Square Garden crowd or even an away crowd if the save is good enough. And you know, those kinds of saves where if you miss the game, you got to seek it out on YouTube. You got to go find a way to see it. It's a, a save that you can watch over and over. And one of those saves that or multiple saves that end up on Igor Shesterkin's career highlight reel when it's all said and done. Those saves. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say that. Again, it's, it's difficult to quantify, but at or near the top of the league in those truly spectacular, just jaw-dropping saves. Uh, I think also, in a best-case scenario, 
Igor Shesterkin scores a goal this upcoming season. And I got to give a shout out to Constantine. He was nice enough to uh, join us on our last episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Constantine was the runner up in last year's Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy League, and he's back this year. And I I know he's gunning for the championship, but uh, we were talking with Constantine in our last episode, and we got toward the end, and uh, I kind of just gave him a chance to throw out like any prediction of any kind that he wanted to for the Rangers, and uh, the one that he came up with was Igor Shesterkin scoring a goal this upcoming season. I think that's a, a great call. Uh, we'll see if it ends up happening. It came very close to happening this past season, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Igor Shesterkin, preferably when the Rangers have a two-goal lead as opposed to a one-goal lead, but he gets control of the puck, and I mean, you know what's going to happen, especially you know, if the game's at Madison Square Garden and the net is empty and Igor Shesterkin gets control of the puck, I mean, everybody's going to be coming to their feet and expecting him to shoot down the ice and potentially put one into the empty net. Uh, he missed by just a couple of inches this past season. I forget who they were playing, but uh, yeah, it's going to happen sooner or later. It could happen this season. I think Igor Shesterkin, though, definitely got to bag at least one empty net goal uh, before it's all said and done. To kind of build on that, let's go with another offensive stat for Igor Shesterkin, just because it's fun. I think he can lead all goalies in assists this upcoming season. Uh, there were a couple times last year where, you know, he started the play with an outlet pass, but then, you know, another player would touch it, another player would touch it, and another player would score. So even though he started the play, he wasn't credited with an assist. Uh, this past season, no goalie had more than four assists. Igor had one. And I think Igor, if I'm not mistaken, had at least one in the playoffs as well. I think that's within reach. Uh, he ends up leading all goalies in assists. That's kind of a fun one. I think also in a best-case scenario, pure playoff domination to the point where he can single-handedly carry the Rangers to the Stanley Cup. And that's not an easy thing to do. And I don't think that he's necessarily going to need to do that because the Rangers have a heck of a team around him. But I just look at Igor Shesterkin, man. I mean, he's laid back. He's cool, calm, and collected. I see somebody that was made for the bright lights of postseason hockey. And save for those two disaster games against the Penguins this past run in Pittsburgh, uh, he was amazing in the playoffs. You know, his stats were not quite as good as the regular season, but uh, they were obviously very, very good. I have them written down somewhere here. Where are they? Okay, 20 games, 259 goals against average, 929 save percentage, and a record of 10 and 9. And keep in mind, his stats were that good despite getting absolutely just walloped in those two games in Pittsburgh. If you throw those two away, uh, his stats will be right on par with what they were in the regular season. Uh, again, the ultimate X factor, I'm still of the belief that having a big-time goalie really, really, really makes a difference come playoff time. And uh, Igor Shesterkin, man, I mean, there's nobody in the NHL that I'd rather have between the pipes for playoff hockey than this guy. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And uh, hopefully, again, you know, he just turns in a postseason for the ages. That is something that could definitely happen in a best-case scenario. And it's just kind of a little bonus here. He also gets his first career playoff shutout. Uh, hopefully not just one, but, you know, this past year, as good as he was, I just mentioned the stats a second ago, he did not have any shutouts in those 20 games. So I get the feeling he's due for at least one or two, or hopefully even more uh, when the playoffs roll around this year. But yeah, man. I mean, it's Igor Shesterkin. You know, what else is there to say? The guy's just an absolutely sensational goalie, a, a fantastic hockey player, and uh, we're very lucky to have him. It's not lost on me that we went right from Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shesterkin. You look at a team like the Flyers, man, they, they, they've they been trying to get a decent goalie for 20 years, 30 years, however long it might be at this point. Uh, we are very, very spoiled going straight from the King to Igor Shesterkin. So, that's pretty much it as far as Igor is concerned. Can't wait to see what he does uh, for an encore this season after winning the Vesna this past season. 
And in just a second, we're going to shift our attention to the Rangers' new backup goalie, and that would, of course, be Yaroslav Halak. And we will do that in just a second. All right, going to go ahead and turn our attention to Yaroslav Halak, once again, the new backup goalie for the New York Rangers. He takes over the role previously held by Alex Georgiev. Yaroslav Halak, now 37 years old. Uh, his contract is for one year worth $1.5 million. As for his stats, uh, we'll start with the stats that he put up last year, and then we'll also look at his career stats since he's been around for so long, and that's probably a little bit more indicative of uh, the goalie that he's been throughout his career. Last year with the Canucks, though, a little bit of a down season, 17 games for Halak, a 294 goals against average, a 902 save percentage, no shutouts, and a record of 4-7-2. and uh, Not great numbers, certainly not the best season of his career, but uh, probably didn't have the best supporting cast in Vancouver either. Uh, for his career, quite a bit better. Uh, for starters, let's just run through the uh, gauntlet of teams that he's played for. Canadians, this is an order, by the way. It goes from Canadians to Blues to Caps to Islanders to Bruins to the Canucks and now to the Rangers. Uh, 556 games, a record of 285, 180, and 64 very respectable goals against average of 249 and a save percentage of 916, so not bad. Uh, also, 52 shutouts, which is quite a bit more than I would have expected from you know Yaroslav Halak, although he has been around for a while, so uh, he's accumulated uh, some shutouts over that time. And then for his career in the playoffs, 39 Stanley Cup playoff games, a record of 17 and 20, a 248 goals against average, and a 919 save percentage, almost identical to what he's done in the regular season. And it's also nice knowing that he's got uh, at least some playoff experience under his belt as well. Uh, hopefully we never see him in the playoffs, but we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, as far as a worst case scenario for Yaroslav Halak, I mean, for starters, what kind of jumps off the page for me is the fact that he's getting up there a little bit. He is now 37 years old. It's possible that his best days are behind him and that he could be getting a little bit closer to the end than certain people realize. Uh, like I just said, he had a subpar season this past year for the Canucks. And uh, we just got to hope as Ranger fans that it's not a portent of things to come. But in a worst case scenario, once again, clearly on the back nine of his career, getting up there a little bit, it's possible that it is. Uh, hopefully the fact that he's a backup goalie and probably won't play all that often uh, bodes well for his uh, endurance and his longevity this season. I think also in a worst case scenario, you could be looking at a situation where he catches some flack from Ranger fans. You know, we up until now have always known Yaroslav Halak as the enemy. You know, when I think of Yaroslav Halak, I think of him as an Islander more so than any other team that he's ever played for. And the second team that kind of comes to mind, to me at least, you know, when it comes to Yaroslav Halak, is the Boston Bruins. And look, let's be honest, there's no love lost between the Rangers and either of those teams. So uh, Ranger fans, again, they're used to seeing him as the enemy. And if he struggles a little bit, gets off to a rough start, they might continue to see him as the enemy. They might get on him a little bit. And Alex Georgiev, another one of those polarizing Rangers, but he certainly had his fans. I mean, there's no doubt about that. There's people that really, really liked Alex Georgiev. Obviously, due to the cap situation, there's no way the Rangers could hang on to him. They did a nice job getting what they got in that trade of Alex Georgiev. But Yaroslav Halak is now in his role, and there might be some Georgiev fans that just don't really warm up to this guy, especially when you consider, as I just mentioned, that we mostly know him as an Islander and a Bruin, or at least those are the two teams that, for me, uh, spring to mind first. I think also, in a worst-case scenario, maybe he struggles to the point where the Rangers would actually think about taking a look at Louis Domingue. I mean, Domingue 
Didn't play much at all for the Penguins this past season. Only a couple of games in the regular season and then forced into duty for a lot of that playoff series against the Rangers. Not a great goalie, but, you know, the Rangers have him in at the league minimum. And, you know, we were in a situation last year where Alex Georgiev was really struggling and there was some talk about maybe they just need to cut him loose and cut bait and go with Keith Kincaid as the backup goalie. That never happened, but uh, maybe it's at least possible in a worst case where Halak struggles. Like I said, you know, he's a little bit older now and fans begin clamoring for Louis Domingue, and maybe the Rangers even make that change. That's a complete worst-case scenario, however. Uh, Best-case scenario. We mentioned just a second ago, obviously, that um, you know Halak, he's most known for the time that he spent with the Islanders and the Bruins. I think in a best-case scenario, we get ourselves a little bit of a uh, Yaroslav Halak revenge tour. You know, it used to be Alex Georgiev who had the Islanders number, and you know, he he basically dominated the Islanders while he was on the Rangers. And so when the Rangers played the Islanders, I was all for it. You know, take advantage of uh, this guy that's kind of your secret weapon against this team and a team that up until this past year had really kind of had the Rangers number. And that was Alex Georgiev. Maybe there's a situation where, you know, they go with Yaroslav Halak against his old team. I would think that because it's Rangers Islanders, that we'll probably get Igor Shesterkin because there's no way of knowing for sure that, you know, Halak would... Uh, step in there and dominate the Islanders the way that Georgiev used to. But, you know, Gerard Gallant, maybe he takes a look at it. The Rangers are playing the Islanders, and he sees uh, an opportunity to give Igor Shesterkin a night off. Maybe he's due for a night off anyway. And he lets Yaroslav Halak go out there, take the ice against his old team in the Islanders, and he shuts them down. And maybe there's a situation where he does the same thing to the Bruins. You know, Halak was on the Bruins uh, the year before this past one that just concluded. A lot of the players are the same for the Bruins, maybe being around them. You know, he's kind of got the scouting report. He knows what they like to do. He knows their tendencies. And uh, yeah, best case scenario, give me a Yaroslav Halak revenge tour, uh, specifically against the Islanders and the Bruins. I think also in a best-case scenario, and this one seems almost certain to happen, but uh, Yaroslav Halak takes advantage of a better supporting cast. Last year with the Canucks, you know, they weren't a terrible team, but if you don't make the playoffs, then by the very definition of uh, 16 out of 32 teams making the postseason, you are a below-average team, and I don't think the Canucks really met expectations or really came anywhere close to meeting expectations this past season. And so Halak struggled a little bit, but I think, you know, with the Rangers, he's got better defense and just a better team in general. So he'll take advantage of a better supporting cast and his uh, final stats will be better because of it, or at least in part because of it. I think also in a best case scenario, we find out that Yaroslav Halak is a little bit better suited for the backup goalie role than was Alex Georgiev. With Georgiev, you guys know the drill by now. When he was getting regular playing time, which didn't happen often, but when he was getting regular playing time, he's a pretty darn good goalie for the New York Rangers. But when he was just playing sparingly and just going out there once every two weeks, once every three weeks, it was kind of ugly at times. So in a best-case scenario, Halak adapts to the backup goalie role a little bit better than Alex Georgiev did for most of his tenure as a New York Ranger. And I think that probably will happen because Halak, throughout his career, he's played every role that there is to play as a goalie. We've seen him as the starting goalie. We've seen him play the role of the backup goalie. We've seen him on some teams where he was in a little bit of a timeshare, a little bit of a hot hand approach. And so Halak is, uh, he's built to handle any role. Obviously with the Rangers, that role will be backup goalie. But nevertheless, I think he's equipped to uh, to do well, uh, despite the fact that he's not going to be seeing the ice all that often this season. I think also in a best case scenario, he does well handling back-to-backs. We know that Gerard Gallant does not like to play the same goalie in both games of a back-to-back. In fact, I don't think he did it a single time last year in the regular season. And there's enough back-to-backs on the schedule this season where, you know, Halak's to be playing 
either the first game or the second game. Uh, and obviously, you know, the second game, your team might be a little bit tired, a little bit gassed from playing the night before. And uh, Yero Halak, uh, if he's playing in the second game of a back-to-back, needs to be able to step in there and uh, kind of hold down the fort and, and pick up his teammates if they're a little bit gassed, you know, from playing uh, the previous day. So in a best-case scenario, uh, Halak goes out there and kills it in the back-to-backs. And I think in a best-case scenario... This one's kind of out of the control of Yaroslav Halak, but in the best-case scenario, we do not see Yaroslav Halak a single time in the postseason. That is nothing against Yaro Halak, but he certainly is not going to start any playoff games, provided that Igor Shosturkin is healthy. And if we don't see him play at all, then it means that, you know, Igor Shosturkin wasn't pulled out of any playoff games, and he's playing very, very well, and all is well in Rangerland because Igor Shosturkin is playing well, and the Rangers are doing well in the playoffs. So best-case scenario, we do not see Yaroslav Halak at any point in the postseason this upcoming season. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.